Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pastor Vic's Nuggets. Today we're going to be looking at another miracle in the Gospel of John where Jesus is walking on the Sea of Galilee. But first, let's look at this scripture. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That was 11, that was Hebrews 11:6. But what's important to understand is that faith is an action. It is the active choice of one's will to believe something that in the natural is unbelievable. You see, you don't need faith to believe something you can see and understand. Hebrews 11:1 1 describes faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith has its foundation in the things hoped for. As Christians, what can we hope for? We can hope for every promise found in the Bible and made available to us through the crucifixion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All these promises are gifts of grace from the Lord. That grace is not earned or deserved. It is something received on the same basis as our salvation. The scripture says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And of course, that was Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You see, God extends grace to us, and we can only accept that grace by faith. The Lord moves first by offering grace, and then we respond by receiving by faith that grace. Now, some mistakenly think that grace means I can do anything I want, or I can get anything I ask for from God. All I have to do is have faith. Well, this kind of thinking is really such an abuse of God's grace. See, one can only have true faith in what the Lord has said or revealed through his word. Grace and faith are bound together. In Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul explains the difference between grace and works. Grace is God's work provided by Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Again, grace is God's gift, and it can't be earned, and it's not deserved. From God's point of view, His grace is freely given to those who believe that the gift of God is available and then act upon that gift that which is being offered. Notice that I said that that to believe that the gift is available. See, that's faith. And then acting on that faith, that's grace in action. Grace fulfilled. It's a challenge to say that you believe in God. That's the easy part. But you must, you must also act or behave in such a way to, that, that there's evidence of what you believe. See, faith is not just words. It's an action too. You know, Abraham is a good example. And of course, the Apostle Paul uses Abraham, the father of faith, as an example. Remember, Abraham was in his 90s when the Lord promised that he would be the father of nations. And at that time, he still had no children. Now listen to what the Lord said about Abraham in Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, even before he saw the evidence of it. In the presence of him 
whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's a powerful phrase right there. God is able to make things that don't exist as if they were there. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believe, so that he, meaning Abraham, became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. See, that was the promise. Then in verse 19, it says that Abraham, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced, see, he was fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness, being in a right place with God. The last two verses are so important. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He was strengthened in faith because he was fully convinced that what God promises, God will deliver. Remember what James 1.6 says? But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. True faith does not waver. True faith doesn't look at the circumstances. True faith looks at Jesus. Abraham's testimony was that he did not waver in faith, and because of his steadfastness, Abraham was declared righteous. And the same is true for us. Let's look, look a couple of verses further. In verse, beginning in verse 23, it says, Now it was not written for his sake, meaning Abraham, that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead and who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that? Now we're going to take a look at Jesus walking on the Sea of Galilee, the fifth miracle in the Gospel of John. The event is found in John 6.15, beginning in 6.15, but it's also found in Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22, and Mark 6, beginning in verse 45. There are three accounts of the same miracle, but from different perspectives, from different points of view. So beginning in John 6.15, Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him a king, because he had fed the 5,000, he departed again to the mountains by himself alone. You see, they tried to make Jesus king, and Jesus would not take glory for himself. You see, Jesus always gave glory to the Father. We, in like manner, need to be careful that we don't take for ourselves the glory of what God does through us. We must always be mindful that it's not about us, but it's all about him, Jesus. Then in 16, verse 16, Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. They got into the boat and went over, to, over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. And then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. And so they had rowed about three or four miles. 
They saw Jesus walking on the sea, drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. Can you imagine seeing someone walking uh, on, on the sea in the middle of a storm? But he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Fear is the enemy of faith. Then in verse 21, it says, Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. The first thing to notice is that Jesus sent the disciples ahead by themselves. He didn't go with them. There are times in our lives when Jesus will allow tests to come into our lives to help us see who we're really trusting in and where our faith lies. While we may feel like the Lord doesn't care, we must assure ourselves that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That's why we should never trust in our emotions when it comes to issues of faith. As a friend of mine used to say, feelings come, feelings go. Feelings can be deceiving, but the word of God is always true no matter what you're feeling. The Gospel of Matthew, that account gives us additional information about this, this miracle. In Matthew chapter 14, beginning in 22, we'll pick up with, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, where he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat now was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. For the wind was contrary. Jesus, now listen, Jesus sent his disciples away in a boat. Hmm, was this some kind of test? Of course Jesus knew what he was going to do. And then it says in verse 25, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when, disciples, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. They were, they, they, listen, they were afraid. They said, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But he immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And then Peter responds and says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come, come to you on the water. And so Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat came and worshipped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You see, at this point, the disciples still did not understand the power and the authority that Jesus was anointed with. They caught glimpses, they caught little pictures of who he was, but in the middle of a crisis, they forgot who he was and what he was capable of. They panicked when they saw a figure walking on the sea. And of course, that's understandable because it was nighttime, the winds were blowing, the rain was falling, and it was probably impossible to see clearly under those conditions. However, they recognized his voice. My sheep know my voice. Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. You see how comforting it is that in the midst of a storm to recognize the voice of Jesus saying, don't worry, 
I'm still in control. Of all the disciples, Peter had the courage and the faith to say, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Sometimes in life, you just have to get out of the boat that everyone else is in and put your trust in Jesus. Notice that as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. Wow. However, the moment Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the storm, the circumstances around him, he began to sink. And see, that's a powerful lesson for us. When life's trials and tribulations come, keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, Peter wavered in his faith. He's human. He saw the storm with his natural eyes instead of seeing the one who had the authority over all of nature with his spiritual eyes. It would be easy for us to criticize Peter. But how would you do in that same, same situation? Regardless, Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. And listen to what Jesus said to Peter. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, I don't believe this was a harsh rebuke or chastisement, but it was a challenge to Peter and to all of us today that when we waver in doubt, not to feel defeated and crushed, but to learn how to be a better faith walker. The storms of life will come to all of us. And the question is, do you want to be alone in a storm or to have Jesus with you? Notice that when Jesus got into the boat, the storm stopped. The safest place to be in life is in the company of Jesus. In the Gospel of Mark, the, the account there, in, beginning in Mark 6.51, it says, Then he went into the boat to them, and when the wind ceased, they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. For they, they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. What Mark is pointing out is that they were amazed at what Jesus and Peter had done when they should have realized that this was normal behavior for Jesus and believers. Normal Christianity is filled with signs, wonders, and miracles for those who can see with spiritual eyes of faith. Mark points out that they forgot about the past miracles. In this case, it was the feeding of the 5,000. Which, 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 which was meant to be a building block to even greater things. The Apostle Paul says in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greeks. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We all start out with a measure of faith. Romans 12.3 says that. And as we encounter life's challenges and represent our Lord Jesus Christ, we success, and as we successfully face each challenge, we grow in our faith. If we remember what Jesus has done for us in the past, because step by step, we move faith to faith. Your faith will grow as you remember that Jesus loves you and that the Lord has a plan for your life, a good plan, you just have to trust in the Lord. 
Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to, to speak to my brothers and sisters around the world. And Father God, I, I, I thank you for, for this word of, uh, to, that, that we, we, we can walk on water. If, we will, if, if, if the Lord calls us to do that, we can do anything that the Lord calls us to. And that we would just, be, just, just walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to open our spiritual eyes to see that you are present in every aspect of our lives. And so I just pray a special blessing upon every listener, every watcher, and Father God, that you would just uh, just, just anoint them with, with a greater dimension of your power and your authority. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Let me just take a quick moment to remind everyone that uh, that the video, the audio, and even the uh, Microsoft Word documents uh, of this message are available on my website, and they're all available free for you to download and use for your purpose. And so that's uh, www.pastorvic.com. Let me say that again, pastorvic.com.